Welcome back to your therapy tools. Today's topic is codependency. So I'm going to read you a list of uh, subcategories of different traits and help you to identify which type of codependent person you are if you are in fact codependent. Most of us are codependent, you know, on a continuum from uh, mildly codependent to extremely codependent. If you've had a traumatic uh, past, um, you are more than likely experiencing some codependent behaviors now that may or may not be working for you, okay? So, let's get started. Number one, uh, before I get started, please grab a pen and a piece of paper. Um, okay, so number one, if, if this, if you relate to these types of thoughts and actions, I want you to just put a D on your paper, okay? I have difficulty identifying what other people are feeling. I minimize, I alter, or I deny how other people truly feel. I perceive myself, I perceive other people as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well-being of others. I lack empathy for the feelings and needs of other people. I label other people with their negative traits. I think um, I can take care of myself and I don't need help from others. I mask my pain in various ways, such as anger, humor, or isolation. I express negativity or aggression in indirect and passive ways. I do not recognize the unavailability of other people to whom I am attracted. So I don't know, I don't recognize it when somebody else is emotionally unavailable. So if you relate to four or more of those, put a big D on your paper. Next one. I have difficulty making decisions. I judge what other people think, say, and do very harshly as not good enough. I am, I'm embarrassed and I receive, I'm embarrassed to receive recognition, praise, or gifts. I value other people's approval of my thinking, feelings, and behavior over my own. I do not see myself as lovable or worthy. I seek recognition and praise to overcome feeling less than. I have difficulty admitting my mistakes. I need to appear to be right in the eyes of others, and I may even lie to make myself look good. I'm not able to identify or ask for what I need or want. I see myself as superior to others. I look to others to provide my own sense of safety. I have difficulty getting started, meeting deadlines, and completing my projects. I have trouble setting boundaries and healthy priorities with other people. If you resonate with four or more of those statements, put a big L on your paper. And no, it doesn't stand for loser. <laughs> Just put a big L if you, if you relate to four or more of those. Okay, next. 
I am extremely loyal. I remain in harmful situations way too long. I compromise my own values and integrity to avoid rejection and anger. I put aside my own interest in order to do what other people want. I'm hyper-vigilant regarding the feelings of others, and I take on those feelings as my own. I'm afraid to express my beliefs, opinions, and feelings when they differ from other people. I accept sexual attention when what I really want is love. I give, I make decisions without regard to the consequences. I'm very impulsive. I give up my own truth and values to gain the approval of others or to avoid change. If any of those resonate with you, four or more of those, I want you to put a big C on your paper. Okay, next. I believe people are incapable of taking care of themselves. I attempt to convince others what to think, do, and feel because I know what's best for them. I freely offer advice and direction without even being asked. I become resentful when other people decline my help or reject my advice. I lavish gifts and favors on people I want to influence. I use sexual attention to gain approval and acceptance. I have to feel needed in order to have a relationship with other people. I demand that my needs be met by other people. I use charm and charisma to convince others of my capability to be caring and compassionate. I use blame and shame to exploit other people emotionally. I refuse to cooperate, compromise, or negotiate. My way or the highway, baby. I adopt an attitude of indifference, helplessness, authority, or rage to manipulate the outcomes in situations. I use a lot of recovery jargon to attempt to control the behavior of other people, and I pretend to agree with people to get what I want. If four or more of those resonate with you, put a big CP on your paper. And the final one. I act in ways that invite others to reject shame or express anger towards me. I judge harshly what what other people think, say, or do. I avoid emotional, physical, or sexual intimacy as a way to maintain my distance from others. I allow addictions to people, places, and things to distract me from achieving intimacy in relationships. I use indirect or evasive communication to avoid conflict or confrontation. I diminish my capacity to have healthy relationships by declining to use the tools in recovery or therapy tools. I suppress my feelings or needs and I avoid feeling vulnerable won't allow myself to cry ever. I pull people toward me, but when they get too close, I push them away. I believe I believe displays of emotion are a sign of weakness, and I withhold expressions of appreciation. I have a difficult time saying thank you. So if you if four or more of these resonate with you, put an AP on your paper. Okay? So 
The D stands for denial patterns. The L stands for low self-esteem patterns. The C stands for the CP stands for compliance patterns. And control or the C is compliance patterns and the CP is control patterns and the A is avoidance patterns. So That'll give you an idea of what you need to work on. Maybe you're a control freak. Maybe you habitually avoid others. Maybe your self-esteem needs some rebuilding. Maybe you're a little too compliant with people and you never get your needs met and you feel ripped off by life itself. Um, Maybe you're living in denial and you need to admit to yourself and others how things really are get real with yourself. So I hope that was helpful in helping you to identify your codependency patterns and traits. And a lot of us get stuck in a codependent relationship. Maybe you were raised by alcoholics, right? And they cornered you and um, told you their stories over and over in, in a seemingly repeated loop in their head, like a wonky animatronic repeating, looping over and over and over and over. And you were too young to drive, so you were stuck. And you kind of knew something was wrong with them, and you were trying to take care of them. And that's where codependency begins for some. It's an addicted parent, an alcoholic parent, um, maybe a, a parent who's just never there. So you end up taking care of your siblings and you become the caretaker. And that's, that's what codependency is. You're a caretaker. Um, and you base your value and your worth on how well you're taking care of other people. And it's, it's, a, it's a horrible, it's a horrible uh, issue to be trapped in, to be relating to others and engaging in relationships as a codependent person you often get taken advantage of. Employers love codependent employees because they're the ones who go above and beyond, think outside the box, and bend over backwards to please everybody. Very effective workers. But, you know, they also get taken advantage of. So if you have identified yourself as codependent, having those traits, um, you need to work on assertiveness, boundaries, active listening, and a whole lot of other things. And I hope that um, you will find all the tools you need here to help you if you're into self-help. And I will talk a little more about this after this quick advertisement break, okay? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, and we're back. So I found this quote and I, this is, this is for men and women. Um, I, I often prescribe the movie, he's just not that into you to men and women, 
because a lot of times when we're stuck in codependency, um, we can have the other person disrespecting us, violating our boundaries, taking full advantage of us, but they're really not into us at all. And we pour our love and our hearts out into this person. And we think one day we're going to get that prize. You know, it's like a dangling carrot that we run after and we never quite get to eat. So um, it's important to identify your codependent traits. And it's important to understand this. This quote is anonymous. I don't know who wrote it. It just says anonymous. But um, when a man or woman is truly interested in you, There will be no need for you to do the pursuing. They are born to pursue you. Men are born to pursue women. And you know what? Women are good at pursuing men too. And yes, you can pursue a man or woman if you want to. But in most cases, that's just an obvious sign that they are not into you. It's not natural for a man to sit back and let a woman do all the work. It's not for a man who claims to like you to sit back and allow you to do everything, all the calling, texting, dating arrangements, talks about the future, pretty obvious where you stand in his life. When a man really wants you, you don't have to chase after him like he's some sort of celebrity who barely has time for a fan. You will be his priority. And this is true for men and women both. If, if you, if somebody is your priority, You make the time for them. You can't wait to see them. Um, And you actively listen to them. You validate them. You respect them. You respect their boundaries. Um, Nobody should degrade themselves into chasing after another person. If you have to chase them, they're not meant to be yours. So let's... After that quote, let's go ahead and jump into the opposite of codependency, which is being assertive. Now, even if you're a control freak codependent, if you have the control traits, um, you're not really being assertive. You're being a control freak and a bully. (laughs) So learning to be assertive is a lot different. Um, For codependents um, who are not control freaks, It's hard to become assertive. It feels nasty. You'll feel nauseated. (laughs) It's not, it doesn't feel natural because you're used to being a people pleaser. So this is a tough lesson, but let's just jump into what exactly assertiveness really is. Um, You may have heard people tell you in your life, you need to be a little more assertive. Um, Assertiveness is really a communication style. It's, it's an attitude, it's a uh, body language as well, so it incorporates all three, you know, um, you have to be able to express your thoughts, your beliefs, your opinions, your feelings in an open manner that doesn't violate the rights of other people, but that also firmly states what you're trying to state to get your needs met, um, You've probably also heard the term passive-aggressive. I know you've heard me say it. Um, And that's where somebody's being aggressive in a very indirect or passive way. They're taking little jabs at you verbally. Um, They're making a joke. They call it a joke about you um, indirectly. 
And when you get insulted, they say, oh, geez, it was just a joke. Calm down. Um, Or they might show up 30 minutes later, stand you up for a date to punish you for something you said or did that they didn't like, but they'll never really admit to it. Um, total cowards. When you're passive aggressive, it's you're just being a chicken. You're afraid to be assertive. Um, so a passive person will violate their own rights and give other people priority. An assertive person respects both their own needs and the needs of others. And the aggressive control freak will violate the rights of others. And, uh, they only prioritize themselves and their wants and needs like a toddler, you know? So there are a few myths about being assertive and, uh, they might think that it means they're being aggressive. So being assertive and being aggressive are two different things. Being aggressive is being rude and demanding, controlling and hostile. Being assertive is kind and clear and you're stating your needs or you're reinforcing a boundary in a kind, clear and concise way. It doesn't mean that you're being mean. Um... Myth number two, if you're assertive, you get whatever you want. That's not true either. You're not always going to get what you want. You can't place expectations on others. Um, If I'm assertive with you, you'll bow down and do what I say. That's not how it works. You're going to have people reject your assertiveness and say, yeah, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you want. And, um, you know, those people are not your people, of course, if they don't respect you. But you can't change other people. You can only control you. Okay. Don't ever forget that. Myth number three, if I'm assertive, then I have to be assertive in every single situation. That's not true either. You know, um, talking about boundaries being porous, healthy, or rigid. Sometimes our boundaries are porous. They're a little, they're not quite as strong because the situation doesn't require it. Um, ergo, you don't have to be assertive all the time. (laughs) You know, sometimes you can relax and it's okay. Um, the effects of not being assertive, basically that leads to low self-esteem. You're not respecting yourself. You're being way too passive. Um, you fulfill everybody else's needs, but yours are never met. You start to feel resentful. You feel like you don't have the the capacity to control your own life. Your boundaries are violated and trampled on. Um, and it becomes, it spirals you down into social phobia and anxiety. And you're too shy and you're, you're too scared to stand up for yourself at this point because what will people think? Oh my God. And then you get yourself trapped in that prison of what other people might think. And are you being judged? So you don't want to go there. Um, those are all myths and it's not true. So, um, constantly communicating in aggressive ways, you eventually lose friends and people lose respect for you. But if you're assertive, the people who respect and love you will always be there. They might not like your answer, but they'll still be there and they'll respect you more because you were assertive and you you know, I will not put up with this. I will not be spoken to this way. I'm not okay with that. Um, 
They respect you more for respecting yourself. And the people who don't like it when you set boundaries, the people who tell you, you're so mean, I hate you, I thought you were my friend, um, you know, basically they're angry because they can't walk all over you and use you anymore, those people will disappear. And think of it as weeding your garden. And sometimes it's hurtful and sad. Um, You could have friends that you've had for years that will suddenly not like you anymore because you're not willing to be their doormat anymore. And you know what? Good riddance. Um, They were a stepping stone to your path of learning self-respect. And now you've mastered it. And you will attract more people into your life who are respectful. So think of it that way. I know it can be painful and uncomfortable. Growth and change are never rainbows and unicorns. It's it's uncomfortable. Uh, hence the old the old saying growing pains, right? It hurts. It's uncomfortable, but in the end, it's good for you. It's healthy. So, on your journey to becoming more healthy with your therapy tools, there is going to be pain. There's going to be tears, and you need to practice practice practice, okay? So how do we become unassertive? How do we become codependent aside from just trauma? Um, think of a think of a baby. So babies cry when they want stuff. They express their emotion freely. They don't withhold it. And then they gradually adapt their behavior to fit in with responses they receive in their environment, right? Um... So, let's see. For example, if your family or a friend dealt with a conflict by yelling and arguing, then you might have learned to do the same. So my mom and dad yelled at me, so I'm going to yell at my kids because that's that's how the that's how I learned. So that's how I'll teach them. Or um, maybe your family taught you that you have to always put others first, uh, put other people's needs before yours. And so you might find it pretty hard to be assertive with your needs because you're used to putting everybody else first. And a a lot of moms struggle with this. As a mom, you always put your children first. If you're married, you know, you might put your husband first. So it's hard to adopt a self-care routine and set boundaries. But it can and should be done, and you're going to do just fine. Just hang in there. Um... So we learn, this is a learned behavior. Um, If it's not from trauma, it's a learned behavior from our past. Um, Maybe family and friends believe that it's not okay to express negative emotions. Maybe they uh, ignore and ridicule people if they do. Like, oh, look, he's crying. He's such a sissy. Oh, look at her. She's mad. Ah, ha, ha. She's stupid. What a sensitive freak. Um, and that can be, you know, that can be disheartening too. Like I'm trying to be assertive and they're making fun of me for it. Um, those people are assholes, honey. (laughs) If somebody's going to make fun of you because you're trying to be a more solid, healthy person, that person doesn't belong in your life. They don't belong. They don't deserve your energy. Okay. Um, so how do you handle family conflict? Um, what do you do when you disagree with somebody or you're upset 
How do your how did your parents teach you to deal with conflict? What was the message they gave you? In what ways did you learn to get what you wanted without asking for it directly as a kid? Did you cry, yell, throw a fit, give the silent treatment, leave little clues and notes around the house? Like how did you manipulate to get your way? And do you still use these tactics? If you do, it's time to stop. Um, and think about the ways that you've resolved conflict or have you been able to. If you haven't, then um, it's likely that whatever tactic you've used in the past wasn't working for you. So it's time to make some changes. And being assertive is a great change to make. So... What stops us from being assertive? It's those self-defeating beliefs. It's the bullshit that rings between our ears and tells us that we're not good enough. That it's not cool to upset others. Um, It'll be embarrassing. I can't stand up for myself. I'm too shy. Um, It's rude to say what I want and selfish. I'm selfish if I try to stand up for myself. No, no, no. That's self-respect, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, Maybe you feel like you don't have the verbal or nonverbal skills to be assertive. Maybe it feels ridiculous. Um, You know, maybe you don't get angry. Maybe you're not an angry person, and that's okay. You don't have to be angry to be assertive. A lot of times, if, you know, we've never been assertive, we might feel like, Oh, it's black and white thinking. We have to go from one extreme to the other. So I've always been a doormat. So now I'm going to be a Nazi. Um, you don't have to take it that far. Take it, take it day by day. Ease into it. Make sure there's balance. Um, there are some situations in which you do want to be super firm and super assertive. No, my answer is no, no, no. And there are other other situations and other times where you say, you know, maybe I'll, I'll consider it. I'll, you know, it just depends on the situation, the environment, the uh, people involved, and how you're feeling. But you want to practice being assertive. Um, anxiety and stress, of course, that scares you. Scares you. Social phobia. We just went over that. Um, You know, anxiety and stress can keep you from being assertive and getting your needs met. And it's not always easy, but I hope that exploring kind of what assertiveness is has been helpful. And here's a little summary of what we talked about. So being assertive is just another way of communicating that expresses your needs and your emotions and even your opinions while you are respecting the rights of others. It's uh, different from aggressive behavior. Aggressive behavior violates the rights of others. And passive behavior is when we violate our own rights and disrespect ourselves. Um, Even if we are assertive in many situations, there can still be certain situations where we find it difficult to be assertive. And that's okay. Um, Unassertive behavior leads to or reinforces low self-esteem. We are born assertive, but as we grow, we learn different patterns of communicating. So remember, the toddler will scream and throw a fit and express emotion freely, 
and due to environment and our caregivers lessons we learn to stifle those things so um, our environment can make it difficult for us to be assertive sometimes we hold unhelpful beliefs and assumptions about ourselves other people and the world and it makes it difficult for us to be assertive So now we have an idea of what being assertive means. And we're going to take a quick break. And after the break, we will jump into recognizing assertive behavior. Be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. So recognizing the difference between passive, assertive, and aggressive communication styles. Here are the characteristics <laughs> sorry, tongue twister. Characteristics of passive communication. When you're passive, you do not express your honest feelings, thoughts, and beliefs. You allow other people to violate your rights. And it could mean that expressing thoughts and feelings in an apologetic way so others easily disregard you i'm so sorry i don't like that but it's okay i mean they're gonna be like whatever and they're just gonna do what they want um passive communication skills violate your own rights they sometimes show a subtle lack of respect for other people's ability to take disappointments shoulder responsibility or handle their own problems so here, here are some examples of passive communication. Uh, the verbal characteristics, you have long rambling sense, sentences. You're a, def, a long defensive rant that can go on like a, a novel to where the other person is exhausted just listening to you. Um, you may be one of those beat around the bush people who... Um, other people get seriously annoyed by, you know, you walk in and you see somebody eating a BLT sandwich and instead of saying, Hey, can I get one of those too? You're the beat around the bush type. And you're like, Oh boy, I'm hungry. I wish I had a sandwich, but I don't know where I would ever get one. Oh, well, that sure does look good. Your sandwich is, it just looks really tasty. I sure wish I had one. And then you say, well, here, uh, here, do you want half of my sandwich? And they say, oh, no, I don't want to impose. You know, I don't want to, huh? And then the other person says, oh, my God, just take half my freaking sandwich. And then the passive person says, oh, well, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Uh, the beat around the bush, oh, annoying. <laughs> um, you may uh, verbal characteristics may include being hesitant and filled with many pauses. You might hear somebody saying, "Uh, uh, 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 I, uh," very passive. Frequent throat clearing. They're nervous. They're passive. They're like, <clears throat> uh, 
they apologize inappropriately in a very soft and unsteady voice. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm alive. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they use phrases such as, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, I'm so sorry to ask, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, would you mind like putting your cup in the sink after you drink your milk? Um, they use fill-in words such as maybe, er, um, sort of, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, to start every sentence. <laughs> um, they, their voice is often dull and monotonous because they don't want to be too alarming. The tone may be sing-song or whiny. Uh, they have that high inflection on the end of every word, like they're asking a question because they're not sure of themselves. I like to go skiing, and I like to um, drink milk. Uh, they just sound like they're, they constantly have no idea what's going on. Um, they're quiet. They often drop away. Um, if, if somebody interrupts them when they're talking, they'll just shut down. They won't even say, Hey, excuse me. Can I finish my sentence? Um, they're overly soft or overly warm with their verbal communications. Um, they have frequent justifications for everything they say. I wouldn't normally say anything and I'm so sorry that I am, but, or I'm terribly sorry to bother you or it's only my opinion, or I might be wrong here, but, or, um, it's not important, or it doesn't really matter, they, they dismiss themselves, or they put themselves down, I'm so useless and helpless, I mean, you know me, I'm a negative Nancy, what, <laughs> so that, that's your characteristics of a, a passive person, so here's the nonverbal characteristics of being passive, Poor eye contact. Um, they avert your gaze. They look down a lot. Posture is usually slouched. Shoulders slumped. Um, wringing hands are fidgety. Winking or laughing when expressing anger. Um, covering their mouth with their hand a lot because they're ashamed of the words coming out. Um, they cross their arms. That's a very defensive pose. They ghost smile when expressing anger or being criticized. I call that a snap smile. You guys have seen that one. It's kind of creepy. Uh, somebody will flash a really fast smile and then it snaps back to resting face. The eyes don't crinkle. The nose doesn't crinkle. It's just the mouth like a snap. Boom. Smile. Smile. Gone. Um, that's pretty creepy. I find it creepy anyway. Uh, they'll raise an eyebrow in anticipation. Their jaws will tremble when they're kind of confronting you because they're scared. Um, their thinking style is this. I don't count. My feelings and needs and thoughts are less important than yours. People will think badly of me or not like me. If I say no, then I might upset somebody and then I'll be responsible for upsetting them. And it, it's, it's really sad. The payoff of being passive, they get praised for being selfless and a good sport. They rarely get blamed if something goes wrong. Um, others will protect and look after them because they appear helpless. And they avoid, postpone, and hide conflict uh, in the short term. And it can reduce their anxiety in the short term. The, con the cost or the cons of being passive is you could be prone to build up of stress and anger that can explode in a very aggressive manner. 
like a volcano. Others often uh, make unreasonable demands of you. You get stuck in relationships that are not healthy and you find it very difficult to change. Uh, you restrict yourself into other people's image of a loving, good, selfless, giving person. When repressing anger and frustration, this diminishes other more positive feelings in you and you lose all self-esteem. You have no self-respect. So that's a passive communicator. The aggressive person, you stand up for your personal rights and express your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs in a way which is usually inappropriate um, and it violates the rights of other people. People often feel devastated by encounters with you. Superiority is maintained by putting others down. You are a bully. Um, when threatened, you will attack. There's no conversation. You straight up attack. Your verbal characteristics when you are aggressive, you're sarcastic, you're condescending, you're fluent with few hesitations, you're often abrupt, you're often fast, talking fast, emphasizing the blaming words, you have a firm voice, your tone is sarcastic, cold and harsh, your voice can be strident, often shouting, rising at the end, use of threats like you'd better watch out or if you don't do this, this is going to happen. A lot of put downs like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Don't be so stupid. Um, evaluative comments, emphasizing con concepts such as uh, you should be doing this. You're bad or you ought to do blah, blah, blah. Sexual and racist remarks. That, that girl's a gold digging whore or uh, that guy, that black guy doesn't want to work because he's black. Or that Hispanic guy is probably illegal. Um, very aggressive, very mean. Boastfulness. I don't have problems like yours. My life is good. My childhood was like the Brady Bunch. Um, opinions expressed as facts. Nobody wants to behave like that. That's a useless way to do that. Um, threatening questions. Have you finished that yet? Why on earth did you do it like that? Um, their nonverbal characteristics include intruding into your space, staring at the other person like they're in a staring contest without blinking. Just this bug-eyed, chin-jutted up, looking at you, dog-eyeing you. Um, gestures such as pointing and fist-clenching. They stride around like a rooster impatiently. They lean forward or over towards you. They cross their arms, unapproachable and defensive. The smile might become a sneer. Uh, they scowl when they're angry. They have a firm set jaw. Their thinking style is, I'm going to get you before you can get me. And I am out for numero uno. And the world is a battleground, and I am out to win. The payoff is you get other people to do what you want. Stuff usually goes your way. You're not vulnerable. You like the feeling of being a control freak. It releases a lot of tension, and you feel very powerful. But the price you have to pay for being an aggressive communicator is your behavior creates enemies and resentment in people around you. Um, 
it can result in paranoia and fear because people are want they're going to want to get back at you. Um, they'll betray you. If you're always trying to control others, it can be hard for you to relax. Your relationships will tend to be based on negative emotions and are probably unstable. Aggressive people tend to feel inferior deep down and they try to compensate for that by putting others down. Um, you may have deep-seated feelings of guilt and toxic shame. And this also decreases self-confidence and self-esteem. So we've, we've heard the passive and then the aggressive, which are black and white, two, two separate ends of the spectrum. And now here is the middle. Here is the good stuff. Assertive behavior. It's a way of communicating our feelings, thoughts, and beliefs in an open, honest, and kind manner where we are not violating the rights of ourselves or others. It is an alternative to being aggressive where we abuse people's rights, and it is an alternative to being passive where we abuse our own rights. The verbal characteristics of being an assertive communicator. Firm, relaxed voice, fluent with few hesitations, steady, even pace, tone is in the middle range, rich and warm, sincere and clear, we're not overly loud or overly quiet, voice is appropriately loud for the situation, a lot of I statements like I like, I want, I don't like, I accept, I do not accept, that are brief and to the point. Cooperative phrases such as, what are your thoughts on this? Let's work on this together. Emphatic statements of interest, I would like to. Um, Distinction between fact and opinion, my experience is different, would be a sentence that you might use. My experience is different, or uh, my research has led me to a different belief. suggestions without using the shoulds and the oughts. Uh, An example would be, how about we try this? Or would you like to work on this? Um, Constructive criticism without blame. So instead of saying, it pisses me off when you interrupt me when I'm talking, that would be aggressive. Assertive would be, I feel irritated when I'm talking and somebody interrupts me. It really bothers me. Seeking others' opinions. Now, this is different than basing your worth on their opinion. This is, an example would be like, how does this fit in with your ideas? So you're looking to collaborate with the other person and find out if you're compatible with whatever's going on. Um, willingness to explore other solutions. How can we get around this problem? I would like for us to work on this together. Um, I'm open to your ideas. So the nonverbal characteristics of being assertive is receptive listening. That's active listening. Direct eye contact without staring. So you're not staring them down, but you're maintaining a healthy level of eye contact. You might look away here and there. But you're also not distracted. You're not staring at your phone. You're not looking at the scenery or watching somebody walking by. You're paying attention to the speaker. Um, Erect, balanced, and open body stance. You know, you're sitting up straight. Your shoulders are 
kind of back, your head is up, um, you're relaxed, you, you don't cross your arms, you have an open posture, your body's facing their body while they're talking to you. You smile, a genuine smile that crinkles your eyes and maybe even your nose and um, your smile fades slowly away rather than that creepy snap smile thing. Um, you frown when you're angry. You know, if you're, 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 your expressions of emotion are consistent with the emotion, so they're congruent. Um, if you're sad, you cry. If, if you're disappointed, you frown. If you're happy, you smile. Um, your features are steady. Your jaw is relaxed. You're not aggressive, but you're not passive. And you're freely expressive. Your thinking styles when you're assertive. I won't allow you to take advantage of me, but I won't attack you for being who you are. Um, the payoffs of being assertive. The more you stand up for yourself and act in a manner you respect, the higher your self-esteem. Your chances of getting what you want out of life improve greatly. You won't always get what you want, but you will get what you want quite, quite more often than not. Um, expressing yourself directly at the time means that resentment has no time to build up. And honey, you will sleep better at night. If you are less driven by the needs of self-protection and less preoccupied with self-consciousness than you can see, hear, and love other people more easily. And that's because you love yourself more. So the price that you pay for being assertive, friends and family that may have benefited from you being too passive, and uh, they, might try to, they might try to sabotage your new assertiveness. Uh, definitely reinforce your boundary with them, whatever it is. Say, you know, I've, I've talked about this in the past with you and this is a boundary for me and I'm on a healthy journey. And if you can't support that, then you and I can't spend so much time together. And that's how it's going to have to be. Um, another price you might have to pay is you're reshaping your beliefs and values that you've held since childhood, probably. And this can be scary, I, like I said, it's not it's not super comfortable. It's not all roses and sunshine. Sometimes it hurts, but the pain is worth it. It's the pain of growing. There's no guarantee of outcomes. So you can't place expectations on everything. I'm assertive, so I'm going to get everything I want. Sometimes you don't. Don't, don't guarantee yourself you're going to get what you want every single time. And there's often pain involved in being assertive. Um, some people, the first time they start telling people no, it makes them want to vomit and they get bad butterflies in their chest and they feel like a fainting goat, like, <laughs> like they're just going to pass out. And that's, you know what? It's completely normal to feel that way. And it's okay because it's not, it's, it's super uncomfortable to be assertive if you've never been. But once you practice and once you start feeling good about it, Telling somebody no, you could do it with a big grin on your face. No, I'm not babysitting your kids Sunday because Sunday I'm going down to get a massage and I'm going to go have a glass of wine with a friend and that's my self-care time. So absolutely not. I will not babysit your kids Sunday. Sorry. You don't even have to say sorry. You can just say it's not going to happen. Maybe next time. 
and they say, but, 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 and you smile and say, I'm sorry, I've already given you my answer. You don't have to say you're sorry. See, even I get caught in the sorry trap. They say, but he's, uh, you just look at him and say, the answer's no, you're not going to change my mind no matter what you say. See you later. You better get on that phone and find someone else. <laughs> so over time, it does start to feel good. And the reason it feels good is not because you have control and you're telling people, no, that's not why it feels good. The reason it feels good is because you realize you're respecting yourself and you're reinforcing your own boundaries that you've set for yourself. It's kind of like writing yourself your own bill of rights. And it feels good and it's empowering. So I hope that you will work on being assertive. Um, I'm going to stop here and then the next episode I will work on helping you with tools to think more assertively, to practice being assertive. In the meantime, review your boundaries. Review your boundaries and your values. If you have to make any adjustments, and that's very typical as you are on a healing journey and growing in different areas, sometimes your boundaries and your values will change a little here and there, and that's okay. You are rebuilding yourself to create the life that you want because you're worth it because you're amazing because you are a beautiful soul so thank you for tuning in today and please share please subscribe to my podcast and share with people who you feel it may be helpful for and um, any comments questions if you would like um, copies of the worksheets that I use you can contact me at www.elizabethlmft.org and request those copies and I will send them to you. Um, if you would like to request an appointment with me one-on-one in the state of California, I can work with you as a therapist anywhere else in the world. I can work with you as a life coach. So contact me at www.elizabethlmft.org. Thank you and make it a great day. Make great choices. And remember, you are a badass on a really amazing journey. Until next time.